Hello, Husky Nation. Mike Martin with Real Dog Radio. We are back and we have a lot of great stuff lined up for you. First, we're going to talk about some recruiting. Then we're going to talk to some recruits. Uh, we have Pocky Finau and we have, oh, actually, we have uh, Warren Maynard uh, who, who put on an event last week where uh, we got to meet with uh, Kalen DeBoer. So it was a, it was a pretty, pretty uh, amazing event where we got to see inside the mind of Kalen DeBoer and how he builds that culture and the importance of, of all of those things. So we got a great show lined up for you with me right now is Trevor Mueller, uh, real dogs lead high school scout and uh, Trevor, the Huskies have three recruits right now, or three three uh, commits right now. Uh, three-star quarterback E.J. Kamenong uh, out of Garfield. Landon Bell, a three-star receiver out of Liberty down in um, down in uh, Las Vegas. And then Pocky Finau, a four-star offensive lineman, can play anywhere on the line. And he is uh, down there in California. Um, you've had a chance to look over the tapes of these guys. But the one thing that I want to kind of talk first about is Pocky for now. Uh, he and I talked about it and he really doesn't care where he plays on the line. He wants to play where the coaches feel uh, he, they can use utilize him the best. And by the time he gets to be a, a senior, he is uh, the best player that he actually uh, can be. Where do you see him really maybe uh, looking down the road uh, a couple of years? Where do you see him sort of sliding into that line? Maybe because he's so athletic at a tackle guard uh, center. I mean, where do you see him? Yeah, man, he, he's really, really explosive. I really like how well he moves his feet. Uh, I think that making him into a guard uh, is maybe where he's going to make the most money at the next level because of how well he can move, not just laterally, but uh, pulling around. I think that he's just really, really fast. Um, and and he's so violent. He's got kind of like the violent hands of uh, uh, who is the who is the center that everybody loved forever here. Nick Harris. Nick Harris. Hey, he's got the hands of Nick Harris just big meaty hands that that are looking to be violent uh but then he's got this lower half that just moves quickly so um i think that with some of the other guys that they brought in some of those prototypical uh left tackles and right tackles that are in this class uh and are and are going to be on the roster while he's there in previous classes i think he fits in very nicely as a guard Okay. And so do you, do you see him as a multi-year uh, starter? Probably. I mean, most, I mean, I mean, they've recruited so well, it's really hard to say how he's going to leapfrog over, over some of those guys because they, they've recruited so well, or they, they found the guys that they like, like Zachary Henning. He's uh six, six, two seventy five. I'm going to, you know, that's what he's listed online as, but I, I have a feeling he's probably more in the, in the range of six, seven two ninety. by the time, uh, fall camp starts. I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the 290 range. But do you see him maybe finding a soft spot in in there where he might be able to see some early playing time? Um, you know, the best thing about a healthy program is that you don't have to put guys on the line when they're uh, freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and even sophomores at points. Uh, I think that's showing that you're not just developing. Scott Huff's been there a long time, but you're also recruiting the class really well. I mean, there's guys in that 2020 class that when we first started really working together a lot, that class was so impressive. And there's guys that still haven't seen the field um, on a really consistent basis on that team um, in that group that I think are, 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 you know, really, really good prospects. So I would I would think if everything went really well and he just popped in every spot and learned you know, uh, the technique of, of a college football offensive lineman, maybe his sophomore year, but my guess would be uh, redshirt sophomore, junior, senior. Okay. And, you know, you, you look at the, the last couple of years where the Huskies have 
gone out into the portal and grabbed players here, players there. Hasn't been a lineman. Uh, the Huskies have pulled in from the transfer portal. Uh, I don't think that is really kind of in the two deeps. So that, that says a lot about how they've done out there in the transfer well, portal. Yeah, that's the consistency of having the same position coach for, you know, how long now since Strasser left, uh, it's been Coach Huff and he is a holdover from the previous staffs with uh, with Lake and Peterson. So, uh, of course, you know, he's not going to go out and, and, you know, redo retool his line when he's got his guys that he wanted already. Yeah, the old white break it if it's not fixed yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's that's how a dad would mess up that oh saying. boy um <laughs> but um okay well and and then uh then uh, then ej kamenong uh-huh. um i i've i've watched him play uh, he has uh a lot of great tools what do you kind of see out of him as a quarterback. Uh, I'm just really, really happy that the reclassification happened with Mac that made sure that he's stuck in the program. Cause I think he's, he could be a really, really good quarterback. I think that he's like a bigger version of some of the mortal m- mobile quarterbacks that Kalen DeBoer had uh, at Fresno and with how well he moves and uh, really the accuracy that he has 15 yards down the field. Plus I think that all of the other stuff that you can teach that beautiful deep ball that he has uh, is why he's kind of a big time recruit and uh, why I think Kalen DeBoer went after him combining that with his feet. Uh, He can, he stick his foot in the ground, make the throws. Uh, I think that he could be a really, really good quarterback. Um, you know, after we'll see what happens after Penix, there's, there's some question marks, right? So he'll be a, when Penix leaves, he'll be in camp. So it'll be kind of a three-way competition with you expect a Dylan Morris to be, you know, the number one, but even so he would only have a year left. So, uh, you know, two or three years down the line, it's going to be, uh, you know, him and whoever they bring in after him along with Mac. Austin Mack and the Huskies have, have sent out a lot of offers. The thing that, that you read about, uh, about the scouts are saying and the stuff that you hear from, uh, from people that are, that are doing, uh, some of the scouting for Washington is his deep ball is, is very much like a Michael Penix where there's a great touch on it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to try to, he, he can have a quick release on it. Doesn't have to have a really big wind up. So it is just, it's such a pretty ball that he throws and it's not a heavy ball like Jacob Eason. So, you know, that that's the one thing that I'm really excited to see what he does when he, when he has maybe a collegiate, uh, quarterback coach like the Huskies have um, and who will be his quarterback's coach. Uh, that's a story yeah. for another day. Um, the Huskies are are now kind of moving into, I guess the final phase uh, or maybe phase two of the class of 2024, kind of getting things set up so they can go take some time off this summer and get ready for fall camp. Uh, they've set up three big recruiting um days uh there are three days uh, three recruiting days where they bring uh their their biggest um, heaviest leaning targets is june 16th through the 18th june 20th through the 22nd and 23rd through the 25th and this strategy last year paid off really well for them they got a lot of guys to commit uh there before summer uh went down and then they got uh they stayed on uh, Tayshawn Lyons were able to get him. Uh, they, I'm just thinking Jordan Whitney. So many of those guys were were up uh, on visits from that from that class. How do you like this strategy? Really, kind of, uh, you know, it, it has that big lull where everybody's like, "Oh, Washington's recruiting's tanking," and then all of a sudden they have this big starburst of <laughs> right. of of guys coming in. How do you like that strategy? Um, you know, I like, obviously it worked out really well last year, right? Most of those guys that came that week, they, they hit 
a really high batting average when it comes to getting those guys to commit. And, you know, a lot of them are now in the program. Um, I think that, you know, the way that they go about recruiting, you know, having these big weeks, it kind of allows the kids, I think, maybe some time to envision themselves as a group being freshmen on campus together. Um, you have the guys that are already committed coming on the 16th and 18th with some of those guys that are, uh, you know, maybe maybe big Washington leans, maybe some leaning the other way. You can get them to start to envision themselves there with guys that are already in the fold. Uh, and then that big weekend where you have, you know, over 10, what is it, 13 guys right now coming. Uh, you know, looking at that one, you know, that's where you get that group collective together to see, like, look into your left and to your right. This could end up being a really, really special class if we all decide to go here. Yeah, and um, that that first weekend you have uh, the ones that I have so far is uh, a dude out of excuse me, Cleveland, Ohio, Dominic Kurtz, uh, Dylan Gresham was supposed to be there, but he uh, just committed to Oregon, Quasi Gilmer, uh, Landon EJ, and then Kamar Motuti. Uh, Kamar is projected by some to be an Oregon lean. I, I think Washington has a really good shot. And I think that's, that's why they're bringing in two commits to really kind of lock down a few of these, uh, these other guys on that, that first weekend, 16th through the 18th. Uh, the next one is the 20th to the 22nd and it's safety. Paul Mankey edge uh, rusher. Um uh, Deshaun Warner and a uh, uh, three-star safety Dante Carter. That's that mid middle of the week guys that I think that they, I don't know if this is what it actually is because these, these are guys that uh, I think are maybe a, a little bit, f- not as far along as the guys that they have there for the 23rd and 25th. They're, they're, they're guys that I think they would really like to have. I don't really see many fallback guys on this list. Um, so, but then on the 23rd, you have um, uh, Iki Topu, Kamari House, uh, Kiono uh, White. Uh, I could go on. There are just a lot of them. Pocky, then Jericho Johnson. I, I saw him on the sideline at the spring game. And uh, he really likes Washington, really likes the Washington coaches. And I really like him. He, he might be the highest rated player if he does uh, commit to Washington. Um, just a guy that I think that they, they really, I, I, what we've seen the growth out of the, the Parker brothers out of the entire defensive line. I think that bodes well for what bringing in a guy, Jericho Johnson, what they what they're seeing out of him the parker brothers were this time last year they weren't even on the husky radar they weren't on anybody's radar okay so the the they now that they have a guy on their radar they're very high on them they don't have to find those guys in the weeds okay right Um, i think that jericho johnson is a is a really good uh prospect right there have you seen much of his tape um no i haven't (laughs) i i just got done coaching (laughs) baseball so i'm I'm starting to play catch up right now. Okay. Um, well, he he's he's a big dude, and I I think that I really think that when all is said and done, he signs with Washington. Um, he has offers from pretty much everybody and their grandmother used to to say. Um, I but I think that he might end up being the the highest rated class on there. Uh, Joshua uh, Lair, another guy that I I think the Huskies have a, a really good shot at. Um, Isaiah Rubin, I kind of expected him to be on that list, but he's not. He he's been to Washington so many times, uh, so I don't I don't know that he actually needs to to come up to Seattle really to. To see it, David Stone. I kind of thought he might be on the list. These are a yeah. couple of guys that I was kind of uh, looking forward to, kind of 
maybe getting a, a little bit of a of a peak. Jericho Johnson, though, he's that six four three hundred uh, run stopper, and he's he's a wide body, but he is kind of what the Huskies have been missing, sort of in the Vita Vea type. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I'm not going to put that onto him, but he has that size and the ability to add that weight where he's a wide frame that I think he could get up there into the uh, 320s, into the 330s, and be a force that can move those offensive linemen around, push that pocket, and really kind of give give the guys like Lance Holtzclaw and uh, not Josh Quavers, he's a Help me with the edge rusher that came in from Sioux Falls, Zach Durfee. So you get a guy like that that's that's in there. That can be, uh, you know, the the next wave of of what we're going to see this year with Thule and and all those other guys. Um, so there were some other guys that I kind of felt were a little bit long shots that I would have liked to see on campus. I think David Stone has actually been on campus. Um, he's a five-star yeah. defensive lineman, um, but he's not the run stopper that I think Jericho Johnson uh, really can be. Um, overall, how do you feel about, though, how they can build momentum going into that final recruiting weekend? Because, and I'm, I, I just am about to jinx it, but you can usually count for great weather um, right. that late in June. Yeah, I think that it's it sets up for Washington to have another one of those wild few days where the commitments just start piling up on each other. That's what it was last year. Uh, that's kind of what I expect to happen this year, uh, where they get the bulk of their class done uh, in June, and then they fill it with some of those maybe pie-in-the-sky guys that you know Washington is always in on. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I'm thinking that pie in the sky guys, you, you know, I remember Chris Peterson, in his first couple of years, they were saying that he couldn't win the big recruiting battles, um, and they're not going to throw the the cash out like they're doing down in Eugene right now, um, trying to uh, utilize um, the NIL stuff. It, I won't go very far on that one, but the Huskies, uh, I, I like how they they build the quality of the class and the bond. The best teams that I've ever coached are the ones that had each other's backs and they really gelled. And when one was down, the other one knew it and would pick them up. That's really kind of what I see and what I hear from all of these players of, of how close they are as a unit on campus. Do you think that, uh, that maybe year three, they start to, to win on the David stones that they start to win on some of the other, um, the other higher rated guys that you, you're seeing, you know, uh, Notre Dame, because well, the Huskies beat Notre Dame on Tayshawn Lyons. Um, mm-hmm. But do you think that how far away do you think the Huskies are from where they are? I mean, for me, my expectation is a top 10 recruiting recruiting class. I don't see it this year, but I do see it coming up the way that they are orchestrating these things. When do you think that they are actually winning those recruiting battles? Uh, I so. The, the question is, it, it, when are they going to start being top 10, top 15, top 10 in recruiting? And I think that the really what you're going to see is guys start to flock to this group uh, after they see what happens after Michael Penix, Jalen McMillan, uh, Roma Dunze, and the uh, some of those guys, offensive line guys leave they'll see that this program continues to churn out wins uh, that not just, you know, putting the relationship aside because everybody that you talk to that is influential in Washington state talks about how genuine of a person Kalen DeBoer is and how they, how they feel connected to him. Um, 
that's a huge piece. But also when they start winning, even after some of these guys leave, that it's not, it's a system. The system wins. And once they see that, they're going to want to be a part of it. Yeah. And so two years. And clear, okay. Clear, clarify for me though, what you mean about a system, because I think of system quarterbacks uh, like Oregon would have that could do a lot of things, could run tempo, but you never saw them in Super Bowls. Yeah, what I mean is the the way that the program is run, this the system as a whole, not necessarily the offensive schemes or defensive schemes, but the program in general. Uh, how these guys decided all to come back to play under Chris. Uh, t- sorry, uh, Kalen DeBoer. How they just, dis- uh, you know, the way that Alex Cook. You know, I'll never forget the when he gave the game ball to Kalen DeBoer after the first game. And you could tell this, the, the genuine appreciation that there was somebody running the program that was organized, that, uh, that it fostered a sense of professionality almost that they, they knew their job. They knew what they were supposed to do and they took care of business. I didn't know. Kids love structure. You know that. Hey, I'm going to, (laughs) um well you know i didn't know that professionality was a word but um i I may start using that i'm going to steal that one um the thing for me when i actually realized what kaylin DeBoer meant to these kids was i forget which game it was but it was after uh those uh the shootings at virginia and um and Wayne Talapapa scored a couple of touchdowns. Uh, there were three of his teammates. They were trying to, I think they were trying to get him the third for one of his teammates. But uh, after the game, getting ready for the press conference, we're waiting for one of the, um, the alphabet networks to get their camera going. And uh, right in there, uh, coach DeBoer is sitting down and Wayne comes in, to the press conference and DeBoer stands up and they just, you know, they're telling each other that they love each other and, and how much um, what DeBoer did for him that week. It just showed that that's the father that so many of these kids need and the, the leader that they, that they all need because that to me was when I really sort of understood that side of of Kalen DeBoer, it's more way beyond the X's and O's and uh, the cool videos. It's it's down to how he's able to reach reach them on a personal level, and when they're able to do that, to loop it back into recruiting, is when these kids are really going to see and understand um, where things are headed at this Washington program and why they should jump on board. All right. Well, that would do it for our recruiting talk. But now that we're talking about Kalen DeBoer coming up next, we, I have an interview, uh, a conversation with the host of the dog and duck show, Warren Maynard. Uh, He put together an impact players uh, conference where Kalen DeBoer got to kind of really let you inside the huddle. Uh, So here's our conversation. And Trevor, that was such a, a great conversation with 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 Warren about uh, about Kalen DeBoer and j- just about you know there, there, like we were joking, there was a dog and there was a cougar in in the audience. He didn't really care. He wanted people to see inside of what it is that they're they're building. It's they're building what a lot of the way that a lot of people are doing it, but it has that personality that you and I were talking a few minutes ago about was that heart of Kalen DeBoer that he's able to reach in and connect with these players like Wayne Talapapa, a kid that came in as a transfer, what had him for just a couple of months. And then he goes in that press conference and, you know, they're, 
uh, it looks like, you know, they've known each other their entire lives, how wow. they, they, they show that love and affection for each other. Um, but now we're going to get into a conversation with Pocky Finau, who is a four-star offensive tackle, 6'4", 275. But I think he's going to be closer to 280, 285. But here is my conversation with Washington Commit Pocky Finau. Hello, Husky Nation, and welcome back to Real Dog Radio. It's our recruiting spotlight segment with Pocky Finau. He is a 6'4", 265 Found uh, interior offensive lineman. He's listed, but I, I think he's so athletic. Huskies probably envision envision him playing multiple places on the offensive line. He's from Oaks Oak Hill in uh, in California, Oakville High School, and Oak Hills High School in California. He's a four star, um, one of the top twenty offensive linemen in the country. Packy for now, Packy. Thanks for uh, joining Real Dog Radio. Yes, sir. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, um, you know, I got the feeling in in I mean, you and I have texted or 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 talked multiple times, and and all along the way, I just got that feeling that you were going to ring that bell for for Washington. Um, yeah. Let's talk about maybe the one deciding factor that sort of said, you know what, I'm going to be a dog. Um, well, for me, is uh, uh, my relationship with Coach Huff. You know, the O-line coach, he's, um, ever since he's offered me, he's always kept in contact. So um, there was only a few coaches that actually stayed in contact with me throughout the whole recruiting process. And Coach Huff, he was, he was one of, like, the top guys that, you know, he checked up on me. He, he called my mom here and there. Uh, yeah, and, and you, you, you said know, that. always talk about stuff. Um, other than football, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yes, and that that that's the one thing that you that you always mentioned was that he seemed like he was interested more in what was inside of that six four two sixty five uh, pound body. You know what was what your heart was all about, what your mind was all yeah. about, more than just your your football abilities. Um, talk about you know kind of how that that personal attention that he gave you all the way through the process kind of from the day that you uh started talking talking to him to his visit today and kind of how much closer you feel to him now um well you know my parents they always told me that um you know pick a good school but you also gotta you know pick a good coach and coach up he's um how we can always talk about stuff like just you know about um other than football it's always um you know it's always a great conversation with him and you know being uh knowing that i'm gonna be with this coach for the next four or five years um you know it's good to know that um you know he's he has your back other than football say if i got injured i know he's he's not gonna be like oh you gotta you know you gotta go somewhere else he's he's still gonna watch out and you know every time i go up there i went up there two times already and He's always messing around with his old line. He's always taking pictures and saying, "Oh, send this to your mom." Um, but yeah, that's that's what really stood out to me about Coach Huff, and you know the whole program in general. They were always so welcoming. And it was always yeah. like a family environment. So I know when I go up there, it's 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 not going to be a problem. Were you talking with with Huff when uh, he was coaching for Jimmy Lake? And have you seen sort of uh, the have you been sort of witness to the transformation that the Huskies went through last year? Um, I actually, when I, when I got offered by them uh, last summer, I didn't even know Washington was a school. Um, I don't really watch uh, college football or NFL football that much. Um, but I, I noticed how uh, when, when I went up there, uh, Coach DeBoer, he's like, oh yeah, this is, you know, uh, my first year being a head coach here and, our last season was pretty rough, but as you can see, we went, what was it, 11 and 2 this year? Um, and they did pretty good. And, you know, he said it was uh, it was all about culture. And that was actually another factor in why I chose Washington because um, it was just like Oak Hills, my high school. We, we have our new head coach. He's only been here for two years. But the first year that he was a head coach, he turned around the program um, because of, you know, he implemented a culture that um, serving leadership. 
that, you know, all the players, they look after each other and we pick each other up. And, you know, we're just a, a Bulldog brotherhood. So um, before he was head coach, we actually had one of our worst seasons um, in Oak Hill's history. And then when he came back, uh, we went, I think it was 9-1 that year. And then uh, the next year we went 11-1. Um, and, and we made school history, we went undefeated during season. So, um, you know, being up there and seeing how Coach DeBoyer, he flipped the program. Um, you know, that stood out to me, and I, I like that a lot. So you could really sort of recognize that culture that he talks about, that it was real yeah. because you've, you'd gone through that that culture transformation. Um, yeah. What was it that attracted you about Washington's culture? Um, You know, like I always bring up uh, the family environment. Everybody over there is welcoming. Um, when I was up there, I was uh, after the spring game, I talked to Troy Fatanu. Uh, the left tackle, and he was always saying how, um, like other colleges, they they sort of like the D line would have their own clique, and the O line would have their own clique. Um, the skills players, you know, they would just all hang out uh, within their own position groups. But you know, he said over there, um, he saw how everybody, you know, hung out with everybody. O line with D line, um, linebackers with running backs. Everybody knew each other, and they were always talking about how everybody was welcoming. Um, you know, you can count on the guy right next to you, and that's exactly what we do at Oak Hills too. So, you know, I know going in there, I'd be familiar with uh, how the culture is already. Okay. Now, what is your um, – is there somebody on the, the Huskies team right now that you keep in close contact with as a player on that line or defensive line or anybody else? Uh, I talked to um, – a little bit of uh with Troy, um, you know, just about how uh Coach Huff is and he's always telling me he's a great person. Um, I don't text too too much with uh um with them, but when I was up there everybody was telling me how, how it really was. Um and I actually got the perspective of one of my cousins. She plays for the soccer team, the girls soccer team, and she said as a as a student over there, the counselors they take good care of you. Um, they'll vouch for you to like the teachers if you know if you're missing assignment they'll be like oh no she had to do this or there was something going on with this and um she was just saying they get treated well and that's exactly what the football players said so I know it's not just uh the football players that are getting treated with us it's really everybody over there and um, that's that's how I want to um be treated when I go to college so you know Washington was a no-brainer for that for that category um, what other, you know, you, you have, uh, EJ Kamenong, you have Landon Bell, uh, they're also 2024 commits. Do you, do you keep in contact with, with those guys at all? Um, not too much. Actually, I, uh, I just looked and I, uh, when I was reading these articles, um, I found out I was the third commitment for the 24 class. I think that's, that's what it was, but. Um, I know, I think, was it Lennon um, that was a QB? Well, I, I remember one of them was a QB, and I'm not sure who the other one is, but I haven't I haven't uh, really met them. But I'm sure, you know, going um, up to Washington, I'll, and I know I'm going up for uh, June 23rd for that official visit. So, you know, I'm sure I'll see them up there. And, um, you know, I love to get to know them because I know a little bit of the 23 class, but, um, you know, I love to meet more people of the 24 class. Yeah, and you're going up there, I believe, the weekend of the um, of the 16th, and there's going to be you, um, you, EJ, Landon, and there are going to be a few others. Um, what is the what is it that you're are, are you talking to some of the the other uh, the players that are going to be be there or what is your involvement sort of in the recruiting side kind of building up that class because you're going to have yeah. Kamar yep. Motuti, you're going to have Quasi Gilmer um, you're also going to have Dominic Kirks that are going to be up there uh, are you going to be kind of active in that and trying to look into close on them? Yeah so I've, today I actually talked to uh, Coach Huff and I'm, I'm, I'm actually going up the June 23rd that weekend and so okay. I'm going with um I know Devin Brooks is gonna be there. He's an O lineman at um at Oregon. Uh -huh. yeah. And then uh we have Iki. I'm not sure what his last name is, but his first name's Iki. He he's in the Bay Area in California. 
But I've been texting both of them. Um, you know about you, Dub, and you know because Coach Huff he said that um he's looking to sign two O line this year, and counting me. So, um, he was uh Coach Huff was telling me uh when I visited him earlier, he was talking about I'm getting in contact with these guys. Uh, I mean I already did, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them again uh, when I go up there. But I've been going back and forth, and you know I've been telling them the good things about U Dub that I found out. Um, I've been telling them about my experience, uh, why I chose UW so early, um, you know, just my recruiting process, just so they can understand, because I'm sure they're going through the same process. And, you know, I, I want to, I want them to relate just so, you know, they know that, um, it's not just me, it's, it can relate to them too, as well. So, um, yeah. Iki and Devin Brooks, that's who I've really been texting. Okay. And for... For you, talk, talking about the, the offensive line position, um, at 6'4", 265, you, you know, you, you still have a year of high school ball. You could easily be step onto campus 6'5", 6'6". Um, where do the Huskies, uh, you, athletically, I think you, you could fit very well at either left or right tackle. Um, but what, where, where do the Huskies say that they're kind of looking to have you play um you know we haven't well i haven't really brought it up to them but i'm uh for me i'm i'm comfortable you know playing wherever um they need me uh, need me to be um you know i'm uh i'll be happy to slide inside um because that's what um i'm i think his name uh greg biggins he was talking to me about uh the chance of sliding inside, and I told him there was no problem, um, you know, sliding inside to guard. But you know, wherever Coach Huff uh, sees me playing, I'm, I'm 100% for it. And then you know, playing because um, I seen Troy, he, he was playing guard, and then when I think his name was Kirkland, he got injured for a little bit. Troy was playing uh, tackle for a little bit, and then Coach Huff he said that he saw Troy doing better at tackle so they made that little adjustment during season and he said it was it was the best fit for the team so that's that's how it worked out for him so you know I'm sure uh when I go up there I'll I'll start wherever and then you know wherever they need me to uh to be that's that's what I'll play okay um so so you're really you're really open to that um let's see now for for where you are uh academically uh, do you have plans of finishing out your entire high school career, like scholastically? Do you plan on enrolling early? Where are you academically? Yes, so I've actually, for since January, um, I've been trying to to set up my classes to graduate early. Um, I know Washington is a quarter school, so even I've seen um, one of their players, even though they didn't come in January, they were able to come in April. So I've uh, I've talked to my NCAA counselor at Oak Hills. Um, she set me up to to graduate early. So I'm a, I took college classes already. Um, my my high school classes um, they're already good, and then I'm gonna take summer classes uh, this summer, and then have that last semester um, for my senior year. I'm gonna finish out senior season, and then by December, if if I'm able to, then I'll be able to. Um, you know, graduate early and go out there. I mean, I've already talked to Coach Huff about it. He said, um, it's a great idea to get ahead, but, um, you know, if it's, it'll be no problem, but he said, it'll just give me a head start. And that's, that's mainly what most of his guys did. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen the benefits of it. So that's, that's what I'm aiming for. So you really have your foot down on the academic accelerator right now. Yes, sir. Um, all right. Uh, what is something that, um, you know your your mom is is very active on social media. She and I have messaged uh, many times. What's it like to have uh, you know your mother in your corner corner uh, kind of you know doing a lot of the the stuff on social media? Oh, it's it's great actually. Um, not I'm, a lot of people actually in my family know that she's a very independent woman. Um, she's been like that growing up, uh, just because she she grew up without without a dad so. Um, you know, she's been she's been doing um, her own thing. So it's great to have her advice. And, you know, she's always telling me 
Um, whenever coaches would call her, she'd be like, ah, oh, I don't like this coach. She's kind of hiding stuff. She's not, you know, answering my questions. But then, like, for example, Coach Huff, whenever she calls him, it's always a great conversation. And she's actually really excited to go up to UW. She's, she doesn't usually go with me to my college visits. So I'm glad that she's, for her first one, she'll be uh, able to go up to um, Washington, see it firsthand instead of just hearing it all the time. So, you know, whenever whenever I'm in trouble or, you know, I'm, uh, I have a question about something, um, she's always the first person to ask. And, you know, she always has, um, you know, her piece of advice. And it's helped me a lot throughout the recruiting process. Yeah. And and now, you know, the when you got back from your second visit, you kind of you, you you asked me to kind of keep it quiet. And um, and so I, I didn't let it out. And I could really kind of tell that you had committed to the Huskies. Um, and you said uh, you just the, the text that you responded with was just, oh, man, I can't I got to tell you. And then then it was just like I could really get I got that vibe. Did you tell yeah. the coaches? Did you tell your parents? Who was the first person to know? Well, what what happened was um, there was uh, when I dropped my top my top eight or my top seven, I put it out there, and then I've been the ever since then from from today to uh, to when I dropped my top seven on my birthday. Um, I've talked to my parents, and they sat me down, and they're you know they're talking like, um, oh you know. Uh, what schools do you really want to go see? Because we can't make it to all these visits just because we're working and it doesn't work with our time. So we talked about that, and then it got to um, it got to where I was like, you know, if I were to choose a school right now, it, it'd be Washington by a long shot. So we talked about it for for hours and hours, and then the next day, I actually went to my head coach, uh, my head coach's house, because he's been my coach ever since youth football. So. He's he's also a very big factor in um in my recruiting and football. So we went over to his house, uh, met up with my old line coach, my parents, my sister, and um, we just talked and talked, and we came to the conclusion that you know Washington was the best fit for me. Um, you know we put down all the pros and cons for it, and by far Washington was the best school. And so that day, that's when I called. Uh, I zoomed, or not zoom called. I I went on a Facetime uh, meeting with Coach Hub. And I told him, and then he said, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that, so I'm going to get a FaceTime call with me, Coach DeBoer, Coach Morgan, Coach Eanes, all of them. Uh, I believe Coach Grubb was on that call as well, but we all went on call, and then I told them, you know, that's that's where I want to go. Um, 100% committed to Washington, and um, it was great seeing how, um, how ecstatic they were just because uh, their energy. They were like, oh, let's go. Uh, Bucky, you don't know. Um, you know how much this means for Washington. You know it's a great move for you, and all that. So you know that that's when I that's when I announced it to them, and then I put it out on onto the internet. I believe it was Monday. So yeah, um, well that that's um, does it kind of give you chills? Kind of thinking back to to that moment. Um, it was definitely uh, stress relieving, just because um, you know the recruiting process was definitely stressful. Um, you know, I love talking to all the coaches, but, um, you know, having school and, you know, the college classes that I was taking, it was always taking up time. And then also, you know, just football workouts. It was, it was just time consuming. And when I, when I announced it, it just felt, you know, like a big weight off of my shoulder. I, I was able to breathe. I was you know, able to think about other things other than, oh, shoot, I got to get back to this coach tonight. Um, and all that. So. You know, it was it was a great feeling being able to to commit to Washington and being able to settle down on on one school. If if you could give advice to um, uh, another kid uh, just coming into high school, and you could tell he's going to be um, a a stud athlete, what's one piece of advice that you would give them? Um, well, for me, I was, I was always, um, you know, told to be humble. Uh, just keep your head down and keep working because, um, you know, you don't want to get complacent. You don't want to, um, you don't want to get raided. Like I know a lot of kids, they'll get raided and then, you know, they just stop working because they're like, oh, I got these many stars. I'm placed top 100. But, you know, it's, it's always been, um, especially with my dad, he's always telling me to, 
to go work some more. Um, and telling me, like, I remember when I was in youth football, I was 12 years old, turning 13. That was my first year playing. And he goes, um, oh, what did you guys do today? And I told him. And then he said, oh, is that the same thing you did yesterday? And then I was like, oh, yeah. And then my dad was like, oh, I think I should stop taking you just because you're, you're not doing anything better from yesterday. You know, it's just a waste of a day, waste of a practice, a waste of a money. So you know, ever since then, it's, you know, it's always been in my mind to be better than who you were yesterday. Um, but, you know, that's probably the biggest thing I would tell, um, especially my little brother, because he's he's um, this is freshman year. So, you know, just just be humble. Don't get complacent and, you know, just keep working. All right. How, how, size wise, uh, for, what's your uh, what's your younger brother's name? Um, his name is Inoke. Inoke. So what is Inoke's height and weight kind of compared to where you were as a freshman? Um, I'm sh oh, as a freshman, he wasn't as tall. Um, I'm sure right now he's he's about six one, six two. He's a defensive end. Um, and he's uh, I think he's weighing in at one ninety or two hundred. But um, you know, I've always I'm always telling him to, um, you know, make a name for himself because I know around the school they'll be like, oh, you're Pocky's little brother, or oh, you're you're Pocky's brother, or this and that, and you know. I I just want him to make a name for himself. So, you know, going into his sophomore year and going into his junior year, he can, um, you know, get up there. And I'm glad that I have all these colleges that were looking at me because they don't only look at me, but they look at the school that I was at. They look at, you know, my family. And especially for Nokia that wants to play college football, um, it's a great opportunity for him to, to go out there, um, you know, and just put his name out there so, you know, he can get recruited just like I was. So, All right. Um, well, that will do it for us, Pocky. Uh, thanks for, for coming on Real Dog Radio. How can people find you on social media? Um, and and where, uh, like, uh, Twitter and Instagram or anything else that you're on? Oh, uh, well, my Twitter is, um, just my name, Pocky Finau 53. Uh, no caps, no, no spaces. So, you know, that's that's really where you can find me on Twitter. All right, and can I get a go dogs from you? Go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks, Pocky. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, Husky Nation. Mike Martin with Real Dog Radio. With me is Warren Maynard. You've no doubt seen his content on here as he's covered some practices for us. Uh, very opinionated on Husky football. Uh, consider him close to an insider almost you're almost there warren but appreciate everything you've done for a real dog but i want to talk about something that you're doing in the the actual husky community and yeah. that's with um you know it's like husky not just husky community but the seattle community at large it's your impact players organization and yeah. you recently had a husky head coach Kalen DeBoer, but he's actually the second Husky head coach to 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 appear on the stage for Impact Players. But tell us a little bit about the history uh, of the whole organization and really what uh, what's going on with uh, why we had why you had Kalen DeBoer there. Absolutely. Well, Impact Players has very close ties to the University of Washington. It was founded in 2006 by uh, a former star UW baseball player named Matt Wimmer. Uh, Matt uh, still has some some records in the record books for uh, Husky baseball, and uh, he got drafted by the Mariners. Ended up, you know, getting hurt and moving into his career. But uh, he and a handful of other guys in 2006 started Impact Players with the vision of inspiring men to be great husbands, fathers, and leaders. And uh, I started attending uh, about 10 years ago, just enjoyed the camaraderie, the group of guys. And it uh, provided an opportunity to meet a lot of guys and, and uh, just be encouraged and connected. Uh, but uh, in 2020, I was invited to come on and become the first executive director of Impact Players. And uh, it's been an incredible journey. So as you mentioned, um, 
we had Kaylin DeBoer come and speak for us at our May 11th breakfast. It was a sold out house, 200 plus guys there. And uh, he talked about winning on and off the field uh, and just really did a fantastic, fantastic job. And the one, the one thing that that I thought was pretty cool was uh, back in was it two thousand nine or two thousand six, when when Don James, the Washington uh, dog father, uh, was was there, and you want to talk about the symbosis of a message. He he really um, he really embodies what it is to be a um, a servant leader. Absolutely. Of course, you know, you can't be a Husky fan without holding the dog father, Don James, in the highest esteem. And uh, Don James came and spoke to the guys at Impact Players um, in the early days. I'm not exactly sure what year it was, uh, but, you know, long after uh, Don had retired from being the head coach of the University of Washington, um, and he came and he shared his insights on leading young men, on leading with integrity, uh, being a husband and a father. Um, and certainly that was a tremendous win at the time to get Don James there. But I think in many ways, getting Kalen DeBoer, uh, who is the current head coach and coming off of an 11-2 season, the Huskies have not had this much buzz and hype around their program since maybe 2016 with Chris Peterson. But before that, you're talking decades. So uh, this was a this was a huge, huge opportunity to have uh, one of the the most recognizable you know sports figures in the Pacific Northwest with our guys uh, just a couple weeks ago. What is uh what is one thing that that you as a a leader of the organization what is something that you learned from him that he really kind of uh you know in his speech he really swung for the fences he really kind of opened the playbook um and despite there being a cougar and a duck in the midst um. He he really kind of laid it all out. He wasn't afraid to yeah. really say, "This is our game plan." And what is something that you kind of took away from that as sort of your own game plan? Well, there there were so many nuggets that DeBoer threw out there. One of them that I really liked was one of their 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 mantras at uh, UW is. Winners win because that's what winners do. And, uh, you know, I love the fact that here you have a coach that is not afraid to say out loud, we want to be a winning team. And winners do the things that winners do. And so really what he was saying was that we're going to, from day one, have a winning culture in this organization. And, you know, we saw that on the field last year. I mean, they were coming off of perhaps the most disappointing season under Jimmy Lake since the Tyrone Willingham era. And in one season, everything about the program, the culture, the excitement, the 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 positivity it's totally changed and i think that it has to do with that idea of we're going to be winners that's who we are and we're going to take the steps that we need to be the winners that that we believe we are and so i thought that was fantastic um you know there were there were a lot of you know great nuggets one other thing that i thought was great and, and you saw this on the field last year, but another one of their, their process type mantras was accept it, own it, flush it. And, you know, he talked about like, hey, if you get pinned back on the two yard line, that's what it is. You just, you've got to accept it. You've got to own it. 
if, if a play doesn't go well, flush it, and then it's next play and move on. And I think because Coach DeBoer is, you know, creating this kind of a mindset with these players, it's giving them the ability to perform at their very best when their, their, that performance is most needed. And the one thing that, that you talked about, winners win. The thing that I, and this is going to kind of flip more into Husky football, uh, but we'll loop back over to a little bit about um, about impact players. But the the one thing that, that really has impressed me about Kalen DeBoer this year is that he's putting the pressure on internally, but it's not, they're not really putting pressure on themselves. These are expectations when about, about winning a national championship, they're doing everything uh, is sort of like a movie plot. You don't make uh, some, you don't put something on the screen that doesn't advance the plot. And you're seeing that with everything that they do, there's a purpose, there's an intention, and it's all about building uh, for that national championship, they're doing it in recruiting. They're making tough decisions with recruits and and players, and and everything that they are doing is advancing that plot. They're embracing the pressure, and actually, the pressure externally doesn't mean anything at all when you put that pressure on yourself internally, so that you have higher expectations than those out on the field, or excuse me, those in the stands. Your expectations out on the field is far more important than any external pressure. And when you're able to do that, own it, embrace it, when something doesn't go that way, where it's not advancing the plot, flush it and 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 onto the next thing. And that's something that has really impressed me about what they're doing with their messaging, what mm-hmm. they're doing about with their purpose uh, for for the Huskies, but let's loop back to impact players as we wrap this up, and uh, and just talk about uh, how people can connect with impact players on social media, your website, and what's next. Absolutely, yeah, we are all about building men, just like Coach DeBoer. Our vision is to inspire men to be great husbands, fathers, and leaders. And so we do that through Fist. Uh, Mike? Yeah. Did I lose you? There for a second. I lost you. We do that through. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do that through a few different things. We've got our monthly impact breakfast that runs October through May. And every month we're bringing in top-notch speakers giving guys incredible food and uh, just an environment where they can kind of feel like they're in a healthy locker room. Um, And then we've got our impact coaching cohorts. And those are groups of about six to 12 guys um, where they can plug in, build relationships, get some really practical expertise and, and coaching on how to improve in those areas of marriage family career um but yeah we we do personal coaching as well but the the best way to find out about what we're doing is to visit our website www.impactplayers.org and uh, you can find all of our other social media um you know connections through that as well all right and um well, I, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing uh, in, in the lives. And, and you, you look at, at um, as I produced the Don James documentary, the one thing that I notice is the further you get away from his career as a football coach, the greater you see his impact on yeah. the lives. And I, I think that uh, the, the payoff in a lot of ways for impact players will be down the road here in the next several years but again uh, thank you for everything you're doing for real dog for husky community for the seattle area uh how can people find you personally on social media yeah so my hold on a second mike i should have this memorized (laughs) it's p dub So, yeah, so there's a few different ways that you can find me. You can find me at at P-Dub 
W dog with the that being D A W G or at Impact Reports or be sure to follow us at Dog and Duck Show on Twitter. So those are three accounts where you can keep up with a lot of what we're doing with Impact and also with Husky reporting. All right. Well, that would do it for us. For Warren Maynard of Impact Players, uh, go dogs. Go dogs. All right, Trevor, I'm going to give you uh, the final thought on uh, Real Dog Radio uh, Season 1, Episode 1. Um, just about the recruiting or kind of – actually, did you see the, the softball team last night? Yeah, that was wild. I mean, <laughs> down six runs in the seventh inning, uh, that's how you compete. I love – I preach competition – I love I love competition. I love it when people compete. I love it when you don't give up, and that's what happens. And uh, you know that's what you're going to see on the football field as well. Well, it looked like Jimmy Lake's offense out there, and then all of a sudden Ryan Grubb stepped in in the oh, in the no. seventh inning. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Well, that will do it for us. This is Mike Martin for Real Dog Radio. He Real Dog Radio. That is Trevor Mueller. Go dogs. Go dogs.